When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everybody, Russ and my Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. For new channel, please consider subscribing. Hitting the bell icon so you're made aware of any time we put new content on. Loads of great guests. Got loads of cool stuff coming up. We've got a big charity event coming up on Thursday with uh, the Battle of the YouTubers and um, with a live episode with um, possibly the last true winger we've had in Matty Effrington. I'm really looking forward to that. So make sure you tune in for that uh, from 8 o'clock in the UK uh, and get donating also the Just Giving page as well there. So it's raised loads of money. Also, we're doing stuff for Isla's Fight with Steve Krieger and the Miami's Living Prince. 25% of everything he sells goes to Isla. So make sure you check them out. Um, today's guest... Uh, relatively like, like me, a relatively YouTube virgin, really. Um, you know, he's only <laughs> same as me, really. So, <laughs> I said YouTube virgin, Corey. Don't worry. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he obviously runs the the um, West Ham Way YouTube channel. Obviously, very successful podcast and, and match day events with X and Dave. We've both been on the channel. Both big fans of the big friends of the channel, and uh, and we got Corey. So it's like the Holy Trinity. How you doing, man? How's things going? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yeah, nice little intro you got there. Um, I, felt, I felt quite relaxed not having to do it myself. So um, yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. It's, nice it's weird it, it, when I interview people, particularly YouTubers. Um, it's it's different because a like you're on the other side of the screen because you're always on the left hand side. Now you're on the right hand side of the screen, <laughs> and you don't have to worry about asking questions and being clever. Yeah, that's that's my job. But um, how are you finding it all? Because obviously it's relatively new. It's the West Ham Way channel. Are you enjoying it? Mate, I absolutely love it. Like It's one of them things where, um, obviously, X and Dave put something up and said, look, if anyone wants to do it, you know, you know, message us or whatever. And I sort of just did my little little preview video. I think it was about on out of it or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, they said, yeah, cool, like, jump on board. Um, but when we first did it, I thought it was going to be like two or three. Because a couple of us, like I said, we'd do it and they put it together. And, obviously, that history of that channel is... They try and get people to do it. They do it for a bit and they go and it's sort of on and off, on and off type thing. Um, and yeah, like I just stuck with it, done it, <laughs> done it for like a few videos. And then recently 
obviously up the levels on it you know try to get some equipment in do some interviews obviously yeah. the one with hammers united uh, loads of stuff mate like i actually love it <laughs> yeah me too me too it takes over your life a bit though i must say you know i i mean i started it as a little side project because basically i had enough of watching again australia's you know i don't know australia married at first sight or whatever my wife's been watching during lockdown i'd had enough <laughs> And so I thought I'd start it and it's just, it came a bit, it's become a bit of a beast to be honest. And um, it does consume quite a lot of your life, but you're right. You know, you're, I mean, I'll do exactly the same thing. You buy a bit of really cheap equipment just so you look a little bit and then you just, you know, get a bit more, a bit more as, as, as things come in and, and you know, and um, you just learn on the job really, isn't it? To be honest, mate, it's like, uh, and I mean, it's, it's good in the fact that, you know, we've got, you know, West Ham still in the Premier League. So that's good. So we've got you got more more of a captive Premier League audience yeah, than maybe in the yeah, yeah. exactly and uh, obviously the you know we've got the stuff now we've got the uh, the pre seasons starting today in it we've got um we've got the two pre seasons we've got at the same time we've got Wickham and we got the um, the Ipswich game at the same time which is bizarre I don't it's weird, understand it's a weird one mate isn't it split the yeah. squad it's a stranger yeah decision. I mean. I mean, social distancing's you know is is obviously important, but you know, sending a whole squad you know fifty miles away from, from the other team is a bit 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 standard, a uh, bit extreme rather. But uh, yeah, it's a bit strange. I mean, you know, obviously there's obviously reason for it, but um, you think you would have given like a couple of days, and I don't know why why it's not. But hey, you know, well, this, is the, this is the thing, mate. I think they're I think they're trying to like. Obviously, they're trying to condense it because the pre-season is one of these mm. weird things now where you've got like two, three weeks before the season starts. Um, I, personally, though, we're talking about just football. It's how can you get, you know, a squad trying to play together? Obviously, we brought a few youngsters in like Coventry and Cullen has come back from Charlton. I don't think it's the best idea to split them up in their first sort of pre-season game and yeah. then later say, right, let's let's try and gel together. It's, uh, for football reasons, a bit strange. Unless, unless... Uh, you know, Leicester Wickham game is more like a West Ham eleven, they call it, isn't it? Basically, it's if it's full of under twenty threes. I've got a feeling it's going to be mm. like that. To be honest, you may get one or two people who have, but I think it'll be the first. By by all accounts, based on you know, the fact that you know West Ham are live streaming it as well, the Ipswich game rather than the Wickham game. To me, that sounds like the West Ham game will the Ipswich game will be for the first team. And the Wickham game will be so more under 23s. But um we'll be watching we'll Wickham today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, so it's uh it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Um and yeah, I mean it's great, you know. I mean, I I'm, I think it's brilliant that you know that we have so much content now for West Ham fans on YouTube because you know, there's some great established channels. And there's newer ones like like your channel, my channel, who are and you know, even sort of people diversifying the like Irons United are diversifying their their content and stuff. And it's great because it just means that even in the off season, people are still producing West Ham content and people have still got that, you know, sense of of community, that sense of belonging to a club. And um I'm all for it. I think it's great, man. And I think, you know, I think it's it's long overdue that, you know, people are doing this type of stuff because it just gives and everyone has their own niche. Don't know, they have their own niche, you know. They got their own bit, you know. You know, they got the Hammers Chat guys, and you got the, the you know, um, West Ham Fan TV, you know, and even even your. I mean, not so much your chat at the moment, but but those two, they're sort of the more topical. And Irons United, they do the topical stuff. I just do nostalgia. Mm. 
that's all I do. That's my niche. That's why people like it because it doesn't matter how shit the team performing now, they can think back to yeah. a bygone era when we won the FA Cup or the Intertoto Cup or whatever like that. So um, that, that's that's why people like mine, I think, which is good. And I'm more than happy to, to carry on doing that. Um, so so the first question I always ask, Corey, when, when I get people on, he says, not too bad, six minutes in, six minutes, six and a half minutes in of what, you know, I usually come easy about 20 minutes. Um so I'm, I'm getting better. Is um is why is West Ham your club, Corey? What, what, what's your what's your origin story if you're a Marvel comic? Um, you know, where do you, where, why West Ham? Uh well, I'll sort of give a bit of background. So when I was at school, um, particularly where I live, it's a lot of Arsenal or Tottenham or West Ham. So it was between those three teams, and I was yeah. kind of like I wasn't massively into football at the time. I started playing. Um I just didn't nail down a team. But my granddad's like, you know, sort of grew up in, you know, in East Ham and all this kind of stuff. And it was his club and he was badgering me. He was like, you're a West Ham fan. You're a West Ham fan. I was like, oh, all right, all right, all right. And um, I think at the time we'd, uh, I think we were in a championship and he obviously watched a couple of games. And literally, I think it was a championship final. And I was like, I, for some reason, something clicked in my head where I was like, all right, I'm a West Ham fan. And uh, Bobby Zamora obviously scored that win. I went absolutely mental. And because at the time as well, when you're a kid, you know, Premier League's the one. And obviously West Ham going up was a, was a massive thing. Um, but really and truthfully, you know, I think us, you sort of go, I support West Ham, but I hadn't even been to the stadium. I hadn't been to Upton Park. And obviously that's yeah. such a huge part of our history. But I remember going around in the car, turning the corner and I see Upton Park from the side. I was like, I made the right decision 100%. I could just tell it was one of them. It's like the affinity thing. And you go there and it's like, it's just a, it's just a perfect club for me mate it's just like you've got that sense of family and tradition and heritage and being proud of the club and i just think it's not all about listen i'd love west ham to win a premier league or a trophy but it's more about you know being part of that that kind of gives me that affinity yeah no i know exactly what you mean it's it's true it is like we're not in it for the football um <laughs> i know and i was talking to someone the other day and they were like oh you know and, and we, sort of, we came to the conclusion that I don't think I'd ever want to win the Premier League, he says, through gritted teeth, in that because what it would take for West Ham to win the Premier League, it would be, you know, we people criticise, you know, we're not West Ham anymore and that type of stuff. But to get to that upper echelons of the, of the Premier League, you would need to basically restructure the whole club from beginning to bottom and and it put an influx of of players and money and you know and it would it would really it would sort of remove the west hamness of of us you know for us west ham is you know 13th 14th at the moment i'd i'd take that even 12th would be nice but we have three or four games a season we turn up for you know the man united's the chelsea's tottenham's arsenal's out of those sort of four or five clubs We'll win three. We'll beat them three times across those ten games, and that's our season. And you know, to be honest, and then we know we're going to lose to Burnley the next week. We know we're going to do it, but it's part yeah. of being a West Ham fan. It's not like it's any different than it has been for the last, well, since I've supported West Ham. Really, since the, since the early nineties, we've been no different. Yeah, we have a bit of, you know, we had night when we ninety nine when we got fifth, and that was great, but. And you know FA Cup in final in 06. but we appreciate those more because they don't come around very often. If you are a Liverpool or Man City, for example, you get to another League Cup final, you get blasé about it. But us to get to a League Cup final next year would be the best thing ever. 
you know, and with <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think and, and I think I think it's one of those things where it's 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 not about success for us. It's just about being having sort of you know that that sort of and thing is about sort of peaks and you don't know when you're when you're going up until you come down so you know you're you're riding high we you know we're gonna we might have you know might have drawn three games might have not lost for three matches or four matches and we're all riding high but we're waiting for that dip we know it's going to come and it's going to be a burnley or it's going to be a leeds or a west brom but that's why you go every game to the that's why you watch every game because it could be a burnley or, or it could be Bradford City and a 5-4 thriller. Um, it's That's what I love about West Ham. It's so unpredictable. We could go up or win the league, and not, neither would surprise me. You know, go down rather win the league. Nothing would surprise me with West Ham. Um, that's why I love them, I think. That's why I love West Ham. Same as but you. The thing, is, the thing is, as well, mate, like, <laughs> like there is, the, obviously, being kind of a relatively young fan, I still, when I first started supporting West Ham, I think it was like the first year we got to that FA Cup final. So for me, yeah. I've kind of learned the hard way that that isn't, that's not the way we work. So I appreciate it more now, even like the things like the playoff finals, you know, I know it, you know, it's only a playoff, you know, and you beat Blackpool. But for me, that's one of the best days of my life as a fan or, or just in general, because it was that atmosphere and like all of us coming together. And it's, it's not just it's not just about like the peaks and troughs, you know. I watched the highlight of West Ham Tottenham the other day from two thousand and five, six or whatever, and um, I was thinking, oh, these players are really putting a shift in. You don't see this anymore. Like all of them, every Bobby Zamora, Harewood, sharing when he come on, you just don't see. That's kind of what I love about West Ham, you know, when they've got that the bit between their teeth and they're all fighting for it. You know, we saw it last game at the bowling. They when they want yeah. they want that win, and that's what makes it special. Yeah, and I, that's why I'm. I, I know there's a lot of people in the in the anti Moyes brigade and stuff like that. That's why I'm really pro Moyes because, just you know, they all you know, and it's happened twice at West Ham. You know, he's come in and done the job twice at West Ham. You know, he had to keep us up. He's done it twice, but it just seems you know, and we we know through Everton and everyone talks about Everton, but his players put a shift in. You know what I mean? And and, and I just think he's got. He might not have. He might not be the most glamorous manager in the world, but I don't think a glamorous manager works well at West Ham. A Pellegrini didn't work at West Ham because he went he went in with a top six, top four club mentality, and we're not a top four club. We are we are we are basically need a team of grafters. You know, we need a team of Burnleys to to uh, to perform. You know, we're not going to beat. It. We're not going to win the league and stuff like that. With Moyes, I just think he's got a bit of grit about him he's a bit more working class you know he's not afraid to wear a tracksuit on pit on the you know the pitch side you know and that's what i like i like a manager who can just mix it up a bit wear a tracksuit you know what i mean it's like you know when you're playing you know guardiola you know you're not going to be you know pellegrini was always done up in the posh you know for the games but i just think i'm you know i mean i've i've been criticized you know for, for me optimism and stuff but i don't really give a shit to be honest i think you know i'm I, I I do think we're going to do all right this season. I really do. And all right will probably mean 11th or 12th. But I'll take that, to be honest. The last couple of seasons have been too squeaky bum for my liking. Um, yeah. And I just think I just think we've got more workmanlike attitudes. I think the, the signings are more West Ham signings, the Sucheks, the, the Bowens, you know, these types of hungry young players who inevitably we will be probably selling and making a profit off. But compare that to the last three or four years it doesn't happen it doesn't happen you know we buy we, we spend top dollar and we haven't really got the return on it so um 
even someone like Antonio, I mean, you know, we bought him for seven, some like million. We could sell him for 15, 20 million, I'd say, at the moment. You know, no problem. And and, and that's how we need to go. And I'm really excited with Stuart Pierce back in the, the, the thing as well, the, the coaching. I just think he gives an, another... I just want I just want players to be scared of the coaching and scared of the management. You know, when they come in half time, they know they've underperformed. They know they've got fucking Kevin Nolan, Moisey, they've got uh they got Stuart Pierce, Alan Irvine, they're all nasty buggers. And just to scare them into sort of putting a shift in, as you said. Um but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point, mate. Like I think with sort of getting that coaching staff right, I think when Moyes first come in first month or two, he didn't have the, the staff that, that he wanted. And then obviously he's sort of brought in, you know, Psycho now, uh, Nevin, uh, Nolan. I think Nolan's probably a massive addition. It's probably one of them people that maybe we overlook in terms of his like, managerial ability, albeit he's got some. But I think he yeah. understands he's been captain for West Ham. You know, he's even, you know, he's played with people like, like uh, Noble. So yeah. you can't overlook those types of relationships, I think, particularly no. going into next season. Yeah, no, totally. And I think, and, and I've, you, always, you always see the effect as well of, of Nolan, definitely, in things like corners. And, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, man standing on the keeper. <laughs> and that was what Kevin Nolan did. Yeah, he did. He literally stood it. on the. I tried it in Sunday League. I remember watching Nolan at West Ham thinking, I'll stand on a keeper like Nolan. They'll hate it. I hated it every time, every single yeah. time. But what they've done is they've given that role to Antonio, who has a lower centre of gravity. He's about a foot smaller than all the goalkeepers. And he's just like a muscle. And he's really hard to push off. So it's really good. you know. And we, we never really scored many goals, but occasionally from corners. But we're always a threat now at corners. You know, with Suchek and yeah. you know, doing long throws again. And so, yeah, it's about sort of grinding some games out now. You know what I mean? Sort of just mixing up a little bit because we can. And... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Anyways, anyway, he yeah. says when he digresses, as always. Um, <laughs> so, that's half the fun of this. Um, so we do this Hammers 11. Um, and so, actually, Corey, when he comes, speaking up football now, are you a crowd noise off or a crowd noise on person? Oh, mate, I'm crowd noise on. Like, I know people oh, yeah. find it weird, but I can't watch football without a crowd. Like, just, it's, yeah. there's something really dodgy about it. I watched them... Um, I watched the Bundesliga game, I think, is when they first come back with Dortmund. Yeah. And like it's so weird because you can just hear the you hear the sound of the ball, like you can't you can hear him shouting. Like, it doesn't add to the game. But if you watch like boxing or whatever, I think it's better because when there's no crowd noise, then you can actually hear everything. So it depends on the yeah. sport, but football's got to have noise for me. Yeah, because they had the UFC, weren't it? And um, you heard um the commentator talking about it and and it was almost like the fighter had heard what the commentator was saying yeah then took exactly. it into the next round and beat the man um yeah i know what you mean uh i'm a crowd noise on even when i'm at the ground i put the i put the crowd noise on on, my, on the telly just because it feels really weird because it's so quiet there and you can just hear like all you can hear is journalists typing it's really weird really strange yeah no it's weird because I, I watched the uh watched that champions league final the other night and um I forgot there was no crowd there. Like, it sounds really odd, but like just the way I think they've done it well enough to replicate a bit of a game. But you'll never get it the way it is with fans sometimes when because it was interesting. Like those lot they were saying on the commentary for uh, Bayern PSG, those last 10, 20 minutes when they could hear the coaching staff, 
really sort of gear up and say you've got to put it in all yeah. of a sudden players were like putting tackles in and that you could tell that they could hear something and obviously mm. players feed off the crowd so yeah i think football misses that at the moment though yeah it does but it's very clear yeah because I, I assumed it was a bloke in a in a studio pressing buttons but it's not we i spoke to a guy called travis we interviewed a guy called travis newton who works for sky and it's all done with ai and opta so it's like obviously we, we know it's the fifa crowd noises but it's based yeah. on algorithms it's not some bloke in a but in a thing pressing a button you know what i mean it's uh and so you know the only thing it couldn't work out was when a team's really dominating possession and then there's a breakaway own goal for some reason you know they couldn't figure like the nuances in football but uh yeah i thought it was funny <laughs> i mean i'm a crowd noise on and i thought it was funny the uh i was talking about the norwich game when norwich were three nil down at half time and they got booed off the pitch by by the by the robots. They booed them off, and I thought, "Fuck it, now you know." You're yeah, crap. yeah, yeah, that's fine, wasn't it? If C three P O is booing you, no, it's not. It's all about. It's all based on, and you and you start with, start with FIFA. If you if you're losing at FIFA at half time, the crowd will boo you off. It's the <laughs> same thing, and so you know you you know you're doomed when uh in C three P O and R two D two uh. <laughs> Boost yeah, you off the off. park, but yeah, I mean, it's all good, man. Right, anyway, let's go into the 11. So, as I said, the Hammers 11, it's the whole point of the show. Um, it's the idea is to, to pick your 11. So, the, the whole idea is the only, the only sort of rule we put on is you must have been alive to have seen them play. Um, right. just so we don't all just so we don't all put Bobby Moore in and Brooke in and Peter <laughs> yeah. and Hurst, which I never saw any of them. So, why should I put them in? You know, it's not why should I put them, but I have a different bunch of people and it doesn't have to be the best yeah. it could be your fan favorites it could be the grafters you talk about grafters it could be grafters 11 it could be youngsters 11 it could be olders it's all that type of thing so it's up to you what you want to do with it man um it really really is do you have a do you have a theme or is it just normal We're just gonna do like your, your best players what you can do man i don't know mate it's a, it's a tough one it's a tough one i've kind of got i've kind of I've done a little draft of <laughs> players that made their debut um at West Ham, so players that you know that the West Ham is their first club. Um, oh, I like it. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite easy to do. There were some areas where I was a bit like, mm, but I think just for the for, for the video and obviously for entertainment, it, it's probably go down quite well. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because we had we had a uh, my best mate actually. He did the old he did the people who made their debut for the club age thirty or older. Sort of the golden old dad's army brigade, which was quite really? funny. That's interesting. Yes, yeah, that, so that was quite good, and it was really easy in some positions. Goalkeeper was really easy because practically every goalkeeper we've signed has been at least thirty, <laughs> and so and obviously our current goalkeeper, for example, is is thirty six or thirty five, thirty six. Um, defenders were all right because um, they tend to be old, you know, Stuart Pearce, Nigel Winterburn, stuff like that. Strikers, Teddy Sheringham, Ian Wright, people like that. Midfield was where it, where it was tricky. Because you don't tend to buy a thirty-five. I mean, we had, well, we did all right. I think he did all right. Rob Lee and people like that, but not like mm. like youngsters really. But okay, so the youngins eleven. Okay, I like this. All right, who's yeah. going to be in goal for this team then, Corey? Right. So I've gone with Stephen Bywater. So oh, we all remember. Stephen Bywater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's interesting about this one is it would have been it was too young for me to have. For him to have been around as he was when he was in like 2004 or five. But yeah. when West Ham put their um their YouTube video, I think it was the Bradford game, he came on for Shaka Hislop and Shaka got injured. So it's it's interesting to see like you had Shaka and Stephen Bywater as keepers then, 
And then fast forward to 2004, five, they were still around. So um, for me, Stephen, because he also would have been one of the first keepers that I would have seen at West Ham or been in a West Ham. Uh, I think he yeah. played in the playoff final. So yeah, he, yeah. that's got to be a choice. Yeah, for me, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, because uh, the one with Jimmy Walker. Yeah, because Jimmy Walker got injured, didn't he? And he came on for the last last 15, 20 minutes, something like that. So um, yeah, because we all shit ourselves because he hadn't played all season <laughs> and, yeah, and Jimmy had been good. so good. And he came typical West Ham. And I, I remember because Jimmy got booked as well on the on the stretcher, which I thought was was bizarre. But uh, Stephen Bywater, he was in Tony Carr's. Um, he was in Tony Carr's eleven because he picked um, basically sort of graduates from the academy, and we haven't had like loads of goalkeepers. And he was the only goalkeeper who came for the academy. Um, and he mm. also appeared in a Graham Howlett from these of a Brown did a lockdown 11 so an 11 of people who have been in trouble with the law let's say and and Stephen was and you should google how he why he was in trouble with the law involved i think it involved a, a takeaway driver a machete or one of those a samurai sword and him in his dressing gown so yeah sounds like a western player Typical West Ham player, exactly. So just see, that's where he fitted in. God bless him. Right, Stephen, uh, old Bywater's in. Um, go for the team as you got it down, man. It's up to you. Uh, right, we'll go right back. It's not the yeah. one that I think most people will expect, but I've got to base it really on a lot of the players that I've seen. So I don't remember actually seeing um, Glenn Johnson at right back. No, Otherwise, he no, would have no. been there. But I know he's got in a bit of trouble for the way he left, but I've gone in back here. Yeah. So, in my time, so if everyone takes this from us, in my time, Ngaki is that right back that come through um, and looked really sort of at ease in the first team. It's kind of surprised me, you know. Yes. When we, I think we put him in against either Manchester City or, or Liverpool. I think it's Liverpool, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he didn't look out of place at all. And yeah. going forward, he, he was exciting. And I think particularly in, you know, the fullbacks position, we're, we're looking for someone with a bit of energy. And I just think he gave us that bit of energy from the get-go and I thought as well sometimes you see these players come through and then they falter after two or three games but even when he got to the Southampton game you know he was still at a relatively similar level so only right back I can think that I've seen that's come through in my time I can't really think of too many others to be honest unless you unless you can figure any no not really not really to be fair it's probably two uh as Ngaki and someone else so you might talk about him at left back so that's why I won't say <laughs> um but yeah and it, and it's a, it is a shame yeah it's a shame because I think it would have been nice um to have if he'd stayed because I just think the role of a right back's changed now we can we're, we're like the golden when we did the golden oldies 11 um yeah you know, my mate Stuart Pierce there was Nigel Winterburn you know you could get away um with with a 36 37 year old defender really not really an attack because because fullbacks then didn't really attack much um now mm. it's you need they need to have, have be attackers you know they need to be almost auxiliary wingers really and um and that's why Zabaleta, Zabaleta was was never going to do pull up any trees because he was well, his legs were past it and he got shown off he's a great player but just gets shown up for pace now isn't it There's, the game's so quick now but that was such a shame with Zabaleta because like, don't get me wrong, a model professional. Like I really liked him at West Ham. I thought he was like a perfect kind of older statesman to guide the yeah. squad. But if only he was in his prime, because going forward for City, he was unbelievable. Like he was, yeah. he was, he was, it was the, the biggest part of his game was getting forward, wasn't it? And yeah, true, yeah, very true. 
yeah absolutely totally and um it was a shame but i mean yeah he gave us a good good couple of years in the old old uh, old power old abs um and yeah left the club in in good you know it was very complimentary about the club and stuff as well so fair play to him right and gakia okay let's let you carry on corey you carry on as yeah, you go center backs so yeah, sure. in no particular left or right position i'm gonna go for anton ferdinand so oh. first and foremost he would have been the first sort of centre back I would have seen at West Ham um, that yeah. season in particular, um, where they brought in Danny Gabadon, um, James Collins. You know, it was that kind of era. But obviously, Anton come through the academy, and coming as a relatively new West Ham fan from that perspective, I only really knew him from his brother. Obviously, Rio was huge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he gave us so many good memories. I thought he was a really good defender. Um, you know, he had a bit of pace about him. That goal against I think it was Fulham was unbelievable. Fulham had me out of the seat. So, I mean, I really liked him. You know, it's a shame that he didn't kind of maintain that level or he could have stayed at West Ham a little bit longer. But mm. I guess it is what it is, it's football. Yeah. Not lovely bloke. We've had him on the channel, honestly. Sort the earth. Um, you know, we spoke before about how we, you know, we, people just chat on these things. And we must have chatted for half an hour before. I think that, I think we had about an hour, which is very rare for a player to, to carry on chatting for an hour. And then about yeah. half an hour afterwards, just about West Ham and about, you know, his career. And you're right, it's, it's a shame because he was a good player and he never really reached. I was actually talking to a guy yesterday about this um, and we, he never sort of pushed on. You know, he then went to Sunderland and, you know, that was almost like, well, that was a nothing move really for him. Um, mm -hmm. And it was a shame because he was a really good player and, you know, he speaks very, very candidly to me which i didn't even want to talk about about his brother and you know having the pressures of having you know rio as your brother going into the same club playing the same position and um yeah. he was really open about it, how he, he struggled with it because you would do of course you would do because it's just like got the same fucking surname you know you you look the same you know you, you're playing the same position for the same club and same. people <laughs> yeah. and also and also the people who who are, who are training you from a young age have trained your brother as well because West West Ham that time, everyone was sort of still in the same job for 15, 20 years. So, um, but yeah, no, he's a good, a good player. And and you're right, when we had Gabadon and Collins, they didn't out Anton from the team. It was Anton plus one of them, wasn't it? Always? Yeah. It was like, you know, so um, it just shows you, you know, he would buy a couple of players in, but he's, he was still good enough to play, um, to, to be sort of first choice. All right, Anton's in. Who's next, man? Oh, it's going to be James Tompkins, of course. Oh, so Tompkins. James Tompkins would have been a little bit more relevant for me. But listen, I think he, I just don't think we should have let him go. Like at the time, it was no. 10 million for a player that was a bit touch and go with the first team. But I think, you know, you talk about players that can play in both positions. He can play right back, he can play centre back. You know, he was solid. You know, when even yeah. the season when we went down and he formed that sort of partnership with Winston Reid, albeit it was mm. a championship, but them two were a joy to watch. They, they were quality. Yeah, no, he was a good player, and yeah, he was love. In fact, we interviewed um, we interviewed Jack um, Jack Collison, and uh, he was talking about his debut with with Tompkins, and and it was it was Arsenal away, yeah. and they were they were in the lift, and Kerbishly, I think it was Kerbs, he was in the lift with them, and they were just like going up to the top, and he went, he turned around as he walked out because they were he was just going to like the second floor, and they were going to the third floor. He turned around and says, you know, pretty much saying, "Oh, you got your boots and today, guys." You're going to be you're going to be in the team you're going to be in the squad and then walked out and the doors closed and both of them in like some sort of american teen comedy yeah. were like 
you know, <laughs> both, both going yeah. like absolutely mental. It was so nice to hear. But um, yeah, hindsight's a great thing. I mean, as soon as we sold Tompkins, I think we had like two or three dif- like defenders got injured, didn't they? Um, mm. As always, it happens with West Ham. And it was a shame because I think, you know, he hasn't really, he hasn't really dug up any trees at Palace, really. And I think he would have continued to be a good player for West Ham. And 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 particularly that season, I mean, even last season, you know, when we had, you know, when we were always chopping and changing, Bonner was injured and then Balbuena was injured. And there was no consistency in the centre-backs. And, you know, if, if Tompkins, he would have gotten another extended run there and arguably forced himself into... I mean, he's still a good player. You know, I'd, I'd still love him back at West Ham. I think. You know, I'd tell mate. I, I would take him. I would take him back. I don't think he's over the hill just yet. So no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, they, you know, defenders traditionally peak later in life, and he's probably entering his peak now. He's like thirties, early thirties, um, or something like that. So, all right, Tompkins is in. JT is in. Who's next, man? Gotta be it's gotta be Ben Johnson. Now I'm yeah, I'm yeah, genuinely yeah. excited about now obviously he's naturally a right back, so this is a little bit yeah. stingy with the positions, but he can play left back. You know, we've seen from him yeah. as well. Like what impresses me is is we saw it with Declan when he came through for the first few games. His composure doesn't look phased at all by that level. Mm. Um good at getting forward defensively. He's re- I, I think he's a joy to watch. He pocketed Rashford again at Old Trafford. Um, and he didn't look to trouble him at all. So, yeah, I'm excited to see him, and hopefully he stays with us for, for quite a few years. Yeah, 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 and you can see why they were less reluctant to maybe give Ngakia the money he wanted um, in that. I mean, it was always, I mean, I've heard from, an early, you know, from the last couple of years that Ben Johnson was the one that they thought was going to break into the first team, and because of injury it's a bit later than maybe he planned to be but um and that's a shame because you know i mean it would, it would have been nice you know we said johnson obviously played left left back in the last game weren't it and um you always thought him and ngaki as fullbacks would be really would have been really exciting but wasn't to be maybe we move on and uh and hopefully johnson will get an extended you know it's sort of at the right back position or if worse comes to worse you can put fredericks in right back if we don't sign anyone and, and he can play left back or vice versa. But I always like a, a defender playing on their right side of their, if he's right footed playing right back, if he's left footed playing left back, you know, just because although he might be very clever and can do both feet, you naturally go towards one side, don't you? So um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited. I think, and he's, he's a big lad as well. You know, he's, he's quite big. Yeah. Um, and so he's, he can hold his, hold his own. That's for sure. All right. Ben Johnson. Okay. Let's go into midfield. Who we got in midfield there, man? It's gonna be it's gonna be Declan Rice, isn't it? Like the thing is, <laughs> yeah. like I do whack lyrics, uh, whack lyrics all about this bloke all the time because he's so. Like, I don't think in my time, obviously, you know, if you're a bit older, you would have seen the sort of Lampards, Joe Coles, and I wish I was there to see them come through. But mm. for me, Declan is it's just levels. It, it, I mean, he's getting better and better. He's intelligent. You see him move from the centre back to the holding midfield, like near the end of the season he's starting to become a little bit more box to box add goals to his game and there's a reason why he's potentially worth 80 million because he's gonna he's got that intelligence and you know when football players have got intelligence they, the the ability to improve is there you see with Bayern Munich you've got Kimmich at right back can play center you know a holding midfielder I think Rice is in that similar mold where he can just play multiple positions because he's just a bit more switched on than everyone yeah no I totally agree and I know I'm, I, it's, it, it astounds me that 
that people were seeing, you know, Deck's long term career as being like a centre back, because I just think you're right. I mean, that position, you know, you can go. I mean, you know, you know, you obviously you watch a lot of European football and stuff. You know, you can go and buy a decent centre back anywhere. You can go and buy Kula Bali for you know twenty nine million or whatever, or you know Ake for forty million. You know, centre backs are you can pick decent ones up. You know, quite easily. The the role Declan Rice plays. In, in football is so unusual to have someone that domineering, you know, whether he wants to play defensive or move more box to box that you can't pick up players like that anymore. Like, like, like there's not so many of those type of players around. And so, you know, I just, I know Lampard has his vision eventually of him playing, you know, being John Terry Mark too, but he ain't, he's not, he's a defensive, he's a box to box midfielder. That's it. He'll be wasted at centre back, maybe towards the end of his career, a bit like what they did with Billy Bonds, you know, Billy Bonds, you know, by all accounts was a right back and then they put him into central, do sort of set the mid and sort of defensive holding player. And then towards the end of his career, he went into centre back as he was getting older. That's how it should be. But don't force the poor boy into playing centre back now, because you you'd lose not only with West Ham or, or hopefully West Ham Touchwood, but not only all, all the club he plays for, but England in general would would lose this tremendous player, absolutely tremendous player. Mm. Uh, but this is the this I, is the thing, mate. It's like you know, with someone like Declan for England, I don't I think people say he's overrated because obviously we you know hype him up quite a bit. But for England in that system, right? His ability to pick up, you know, loose balls, intercept, protect the back four. When you've got like Sancho bombing on and Rashford and mm. you know the likes of Sterling, you need a player like that who's able to sort of yeah. protect the back four. But transition, he's the he's the guy for me. It's because it's not a glamorous position, and I think that's why he, he doesn't play for a glamorous club and he doesn't play in a very glamorous position. And so people think he's over. Yeah, people outside of West Ham think he's overrated, and I think that's ridiculous. And it's players like that who need you need exactly what you're saying. You need players like that in a team to work. You can have as many attacking the players in the world, but if you haven't got that cover for defence, you are going to have to score three because you've conceded two. Um, mm. And I just think with Deck, he's just. And I've got. I mean, I've always. I don't think he's. I don't think he's leaving us this summer. He says Touchwood, partly because I think the only place you'd probably go to openly would be Chelsea. But then I think Chelsea didn't want him when he was 14. You know what I mean? It's like we we wanted him and he came to us. And, and and you know, particularly Chelsea. I mean, if they get Thiago Silva, that's probably next season centre-back sorted. Yeah. Summer after that could be an issue. Um, but, uh, you know, and hopefully by then he'll be captain of West Ham. We'll give him a new contract. And we've built the team around him, and he'll be a massive fish in a big in a small pond. Go to Chelsea, just one of a whole bunch of similar, you know. Look, what they did to fucking Barkley and Mason Mount. You know, they're just not. They're just nothing now. They? They're not like. They're just not like mm. household the, names. Where the thing is, as well, they've got like was it Jorginho, Loftus Cheek, yeah. Kante. They all play a really similar position. So yeah, unless they move on, I can't see Chelsea trying to put him in, in that role. The only one, the only team that worries me is City because I just think yeah. they haven't had a replacement for Fernandinho. They've tried with Rodri, and he doesn't really cut it. I mean, he's a good player, but I just think, you know. But then again, you know, then, then the other side is well, you know, he's an English, he's a, a British player, so therefore he's going to command probably double the fee than if they went to Spain and picked up, you know, a, a similar type of player. You know, there's the guy mm. at um, there's a guy at Atletico. Um, 
who's he's brilliant i think he could do a job actually um but yeah we'll see we'll see what happens as as of the time of, of recording he's he's still he doesn't sound like he he's a, exactly but he doesn't sound like he wants to leave do you know what i mean he's just when he when you hear his interviews and you know he's not he's not fucking about because he's not like putting on a front because he's clearly like a little boy and he still talks like a little boy excited about playing football he took so yeah. so much passion about West Ham, even when he got his Hammer of the Year award, which I think was a massive, you know, coup to get him to win Hammer of the Hammer, the, you know, get the Hammer of the Year award. But um, he's and he knows his worth, so he ain't gonna like throw his toys out of the pram if Chelsea offer you know Batshuayi Barkley and twenty million, and we turn it down. Mm. He's not gonna go and do a pie out, is he, or an out of it? He's going to no, carry no. Going, if he leaves, so. he won't do the he won't do the whole sulking business. No. I don't think. No, <laughs> Hopefully exactly. not. Right, who's next, man? Who's next? Uh, Mr. Mark Noble, of course, Mr. West Ham yes. himself. Um, listen, you know, as a kid as well, supporting West Ham, you know, and I played centre midfield. Mark Noble was a bit of an idol. You know, sort of like just see his penalties and his. Because the thing is with Mark, right? Two things. I think one he doesn't get enough credit for he, for his actual technical ability like i think when you've yeah. seen him in past seasons when he plays a bit further forward he, he can score a great goal you know he's got a bit of composure about him he's a good player you know and that's something that gets lost but mm. i think with him he sacrifices himself a lot for the team like you know for yeah. the sort of peak of his career look at the runs he put in the defensive work he was he was just relentless and it's like as a fan yeah. to see another fan do that why he's like so well loved that's exactly the truth. That, that's that's what I mean, you know. And I think it, it's it's critical because he's a fan that that you know he's in the same, and particularly even more so you, because he plays in your position. It's almost like and you're a West Ham fan, and he's a West Ham fan playing in your position, captain of your club, five hundred games, five hundred two now, however, and it just means so much more when your captain is a is a fan. Because that's one thing that, as you said, you, you you said, you know, people don't put a shift in and, you know, people like that. But Mark Noble, you know, would put a shift in because it's his, it's his club. It, you know, he's got, it's not just professional, it's, yeah. it's personal as well. And um, that's that's why I quite like what they're doing at West Ham in, two, in terms of bringing in West Ham ex-players into the coaching staff because you need to impart that into the players. Um, what, mm. it's like, what it's meant, it's a different club than... I mean, everyone probably assumes everyone at Tottenham fans probably say the same about Tottenham and Arsenal and Arsenal, but West Ham seems yeah. to have a different different club, and you need to understand what it means to be a West Ham player. So people don't people think you know, so you do put a shift in every week. You might not be the best player, but you put that shift in, and people can't say you don't try. If you're not technically as good, that's, there's nothing you can do about that. You have a good player, you're not a good player. But if 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 the if the effort's there, they can't quit criticize the effort, and I think that's. That's why people yeah. feel like Carlton Cole and stuff like that. You know, not not the best player in the world, but you always put a shift in. Always put a shift in for us. But this, is the, this is the thing, mate. If you look at it, like there are certain players for certain clubs that tend to just play better for those clubs. Like, and you see me with Anton and James, where they go to different clubs, it's not the same. They, they don't seem to yeah. be at the same level. And I think when you've got players like that, you know, Tompkins, Noble, Ferdinand, they understand the club. And that extra 10% of knowing when to put a tackle in, knowing when to mm -hmm. put a little bit more in those last five, makes you the player that you are. And that's why yeah. like they're so well-loved even now, because they weren't the best. But they, I just think for what they give for the club, you, you can't overlook it. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely. Definitely. All right, Mr. Mr. West Ham, Mr. Bodden Day West Ham. <laughs> Who is next? Oh, I've gone for Jack Collison. 
Um, oh, you mentioned him a little bit. Um, listen, Jack, things with Jack Collison, yeah. He, I think he's massively underrated. Like, I get obviously he had a few injuries and things like that, um, and he never really showed his full potential. But he was a no. good player. Like he was, he was, he was good at taking the ball forward. His passing range was quality. Um, he was athletic as well. He could get forward. I, I just, it's such a shame we never saw him play as much as we would have liked. And I think the best sort of compliment to him is th- that shift he put in. Um, I think it was in the. It might have been in the playoff semi-final. Yes. Um, and sort of leading up to the, where he scored those goals. Yeah. And, he, and he was struggling even then with injury. So for him to put that in for those last sort of few games to get us back to the Premier League, that's why I'll always go down as a, as a little bit of a hero for me. Good player. Lovely bloke. We've had him on the channel as well. He's a great, great man. Great, great man. Lovely guy. Uh, oozes, absolutely oozes West Ham out of every orifice. Um, and, you know, I think he'll always be... He'll always be a West Ham fan. He'll always be highly regarded by by the fans, you know, obviously because, you know, famously, I mean, he played like two days after his dad died, you know what I mean? He'd get Millwall. Mm. And and that, I mean, we spoke about that as well. And, you know, he he's like, I was going to play, always going to play, just because it, I knew what West Ham meant to my dad and what Millwall meant to him. And, you know, and so I just think he's a lovely bloke. And, and I just hope that, you know, obviously stuff in America he's at the moment, in Atlanta, Sweating his bollocks off over there by, by the looks of him, but um, hopefully it means he comes home. And I think he wants to come home. He, you know, it was quite obvious he wants to come back. Come on, Jack. Come uh, on. <laughs> and he will. And I think he will do eventually. And um, maybe, maybe, maybe his number two to Mark Noble. Who yeah, could that would be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, or, mate, uh, can you imagine? Ginger in the background staff as well. Yeah, Ginger defensive coach, or maybe maybe Scott Parker manager. You know, who knows? Who knows? Scott EP would have been one. I would, if it wasn't for a female, he would be in my Amazon 11. Just what a player, absolute player. Yeah, he's proper, but uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see. But I know Jack's, you know, and he's a a good coach and he's a good man. Um, right, who's next? Who's next? Right, so to note, I've gone for a 4 3 3. I don't think I've got enough midfielders to play around with, but (laughs) we'll have to put a few in, a few uh, square pieces around the hole. Um, I've gone for on the right hand side, Zavon Hines. Um, because when Zavon came through, he was um he was an exciting player. Like obviously you hear for me, I hear a lot about youth players coming through, and obviously that means a lot to the club. But mm. Zavon was kind of the one that I've been watching West Ham for three, four years, and he came through the academy and he obviously scored in his debut and he had a really good game against Liverpool, I remember as well. And it's the thing with Zavon is you watch him play and you watch those highlights and part of me thinks, how did you not play more games for West Ham? Because yeah. you, you, you had you had something. About, he used to come off the wing, which is why I put him there. Could play central, had pace, get him behind, good shot on him. He had a bit of everything for those attacking positions. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's um, he's a... Uh... He's a lovely bloke, and again, another guy who's in he's in the West Ham, sort of in the the coaching setup, isn't he, at the moment? And um, you're right, he's he's one of those guys who, I mean, he I mean, you know, scored against Millwall, you know, I mean, funny, you score against Millwall and you're in, you know, you're in forever, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, yeah, and he scored that game, that that game that Jack played in his dad, his dad had just died, um, and yeah, lovely guy, lovely guy. 
we interviewed him soon so it'd be good i'll have a good good chat with him soon so i'm looking forward to that but yeah great shout and he just seems like a nice bloke as well and you know follow minster and stuff like that and it just seems like a really really nice family guy and you're right it's some some of these plays you don't realize how much how many more games they should have played it might have been because they bought the club had gone and bought you know I don't know, Guillermo Franco or, or someone, you know, he's passed yeah. it. And, and and but it, it's just the nature of football. But it's, it's 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 sad when you see someone so talented who didn't really sort of crack it as much as he should have done. But um, all right, Zavon's in. Who's next? Gonna go left side now, the three. Um, Junior Stanislas. Oh, so nice. Junior is one of those ones, right, that we should never have let go. And I remember getting relegated, and I think he went to Bournemouth in that season when we went down. And I was like, is there any reason why we've we've sort of got rid of him? Because yeah. you watch his clips as well, and then you go on to see what he's done at Bournemouth. Geezer can play football, do you know what I mean? He's got great yeah. delivery, free kicks, pace. And it was a bit of what West Ham fans like, someone that's going to get you excited to watch. And mm. for me, you know, where I live now at home, you know, around the corner, they used to do reserve games. So I used to see, like, your Zavon Hines, your Stanislas's play, and it's yeah. quality players, you know, and it's... Same with Zavon, isn't it? Shame he just didn't stay. I think particularly we got relegated, he would have been yeah. perfect for that championship and coming back up. Yeah, totally. And he did, it was glim- there's always just glimpses, was it? I mean, he had, there was I think he had like a little bit of an extended run in the first team. Um basically I I Kent Kent Irons will always comment on my videos and he'll tell me when when it was. So he'll, he'll put it in the comments right now. Because <laughs> he's just like yeah, he's just like encyclopedia. Um he he beat me at the claret and blue uh army tv quiz i came second he came first um anyway uh and there was an extended he had an extended run and i remember he had an extended run in the team um and you're right it's one of those again one of those players and we do it too often don't we we sell these players when you know it's not like at the moment it's like nathan holland you know what i mean it's like he's gonna he's gonna move on soon and even like think like josh cullen you know what i mean i mean josh has been well, he's sort of mid twenties now, isn't he? Sort of early to mid twenties. So twenty four. So, so he has. You know, you got to think. There's got to be a break break point for him sometime soon as well. But uh, yeah, it was a shame. And and every time he comes back, you know, you you see him on the. You know, I'd love love him to to pick him up for you know pretty. I mean, Bournemouth must be trying to get rid of some of their players as well. You know, so um, he would be. It'd be lovely for him to come home, but. Um, Anyhow, we'll see. Uh, right, Junior is in last last position. It's got to be the man on his debut against Blackburn, Freddie Sears. Uh, yes. So Freddie was like, obviously, there was a lot of um, excitement about him because he did come on and score his day. But I can, I've still got yeah. it etched in my mind that that Dean Ashton set. Um, yeah. And that Freddie Sears finish. I mean, he was another one of those where he thought he was just gonna sort of take on and improve and get a little bit more consistency within the team. But to be honest, mate, I mean, a lot of, you know, the front three we've spoken about all came in around the era and they never yeah. really, apart from maybe Stanislas, had an extended run of games. And I, I don't know, I think it was just the club at the time and, and what we did with them. But for me, Freddie, I think, you know, as an academy product, maybe we should have given him more time to, mm. to I don't know, show himself in the league a bit. Yeah, you're right, and it, it's interesting because obviously we talk about um, you know the golden era. We talk about the, sort of the, the Lampards and 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 the Carricks and Joe Coles and people like that. But it's one of those things where we had like this was almost like you think about it. You're right, Stanislas, Hines, Sears. There was they were coming through at the same time roughly, and 
if only we'd done with them arguably what we did with the the, the, the carricks and lampards they could have had an extended career at west ham you know what i mean it, it could have been not as i wouldn't say we'll put them in the same bracket at all as carrick and cole no, but you don't know you don't know unless you play them you know what i mean it's like they show glimpses and they might have been as good but they would have definitely helped us out particularly when we we're looking for you know consistent strikers and and forwards and pace and stuff like that and um yeah it was a shame it wasn't shame with them three but uh no, it's fun. That's good, man. I like that. That was fun. But that thing, was, uh, thing, was a nice 11. Go on, Karen, the thing is with those players, like you say, like they weren't as good as the golden generation. Like the best example I can think of teams like that is like Southampton. So obviously they had like Oxlade, Chamberlain, Bale, Phil Walcott. No one's saying Wall Prowse is on the same level, but he does a job, doesn't he? And that's kind of yeah. what I would look for those players to have done. So I think, you know, yeah. even going forward with your Ben Johnsons, even if he doesn't become the player maybe you think he'll be, keep him in. Because you'll get better and, you know, I just think they need time. Yeah, no, I agree. No, that's good, man. No, that's, that's nice. I like that, Corey. Nice, nice, nice steam. It's nice. It's been great chatting to you, man. As I said, look, 50 minutes. It's just flown by without even thinking about it. Pleasure, mate. Pleasure, mate. And uh, thank you to everyone for watching or, or listening. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell icon. If you listen to it on know, Spotify, Apple podcasty thing then subscribe and obviously subscribe to to cory um the west ham way youtube channel and obviously you know yeah you do x and dave's uh, west ham way podcast as well make sure they're all subscribed and that um and until next time from me and cory take care stay safe everyone come on you irons and we'll see you again very very soon take care everyone bye-bye bye-bye everyone bye-bye sports social podcast network Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.